Welcome to Revenue Rehab, your one-stop destination for collective solutions to the biggest challenges faced by marketing leaders today. Now head on over to the couch, make yourself comfortable, and get ready to change the way you approach revenue. Leading your recovery is modern marketer, author, speaker, and chief operating officer at Tegrita, Brandy Starr. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Revenue Rehab. I am your host, Brandy Starr, and we have another amazing episode for you today. I am joined by Robin Bowling. Robin is a dynamic force in the marketing and leadership realm, based just outside of Atlanta with her supportive husband, Gabriel, and their lively trio of dogs, Riley, Lola, and Batman. Robin has shaped an impressive 25-year trajectory in marketing. While she's got a natural talent for sales, her heart truly beats for the genuine connections and innovative leadership approaches. Robin, welcome to Revenue Rehab. Your session begins now. Hello, Brandy. Thank you so much for having me. I am excited to talk to you today. As I say, you've got such a great energy and heart. Um, and we're going to be talking about the heart of marketing. But before we get there, I like to break the ice with a little woo-saw moment I call buzzword banishment. So mm -hmm. tell me what buzzword would you like to get rid of forever? Um, forever. The word iterate. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you like iterate? I just think it's so overused these days and people don't really understand what that means. Um, you know, we have several iterations of what's happening, but, you know, you hear leaders telling you just need to iterate. You just need to iterate. But then no explanation happens, um, you know, with regard to that. So so it makes it very confusing to your team. Um, you know, we'll just continue um, to work towards a common goal of, you know, making sure that we make things work. Um Yes, there are several iterations of what we do, but um, the word iterate for sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, I'm going to have to try hard to not use that one in our conversation because it is definitely one that I probably overuse. Mm -hmm. um, but at least for today, we're going to put it in the box. We're going to throw it away and we are not yep. going to iterate anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> now that we got that off our chest, tell me what brings you to Revenue Rehab? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So um, one, you know, absolutely love the 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 show and, you know, get lots of little tidbits of information. But one of the things we were thinking about today is that just, um, you know, there's been a significant challenge that that looms large in the dilution of brand authenticity. So um, as a brand, um, we grapple with some of the pressures and the rapid marketplace uh, changes for um evolving consumer expectations. So the there is a, a huge race for visibility and there's a troubling trend with the true heartbeat of marketing and authentic connections and real storytelling. So we often get, that often gets overshadowed by what's happening in the news. Um, and we tend to kind of gravitate towards what is happening in the news and making sure that we want to put that out. So um, I think, you know, making sure that we stay on brand and um, you know, stay authentic and true to ourselves, our brand identity, 
um, and the integrity of the brand. I think that's that's really important and it, and it can be a huge challenge these days. Um, awesome. And the, the timing of this discussion is great. Um, last week's episode, I talked to Elza and we were talking about, you know, appealing to the emotion and being able to also put that brand authenticity uh, there. So I'm running a trend around making sure <laughs> that we stay authentic. So for mm-hmm. everyone listening, after my conversation with Robin, make sure to go back one episode uh, to continue the discussion around authenticity and emotions. Um, and so, Robin, I think this is so important uh, because, you know, it is really easy for brands to kind of chase whatever is the hot thing mm-hmm. um, or whatever everyone else is doing. And so before we really dive into that, I believe in setting intentions. It gives us focus. It gives us purpose. And most important, it gives our audience an expectation of what they're going to learn today. So mm-hmm. what is your intention for our conversation or what's your best hope? Um, so, you know, I hope to kind of uh, delve, you know, as deep as we can today into authentic authenticity and purpose and somehow explore some of the factors that not only drive meaningful client connections, but connections with your team. Um, and then also have a significant impact on your brand's return on investment. Um, awesome. I know, you know, if you think about our audience, it's primarily CMOs, VPs of marketing, like folks that have been in this business for a long time. And I seem to get into conversations all the time where people are still asking the question of how important is it to really focus effort and resources on brand and building the brand and, you know, what that brand story is. And it seems like it is, it is consistently very hard to get the buy-in and to, you know, give the real understanding of why this is important. And so I'd like to start with the, why should we care? Why does this matter? From your perspective, why do we need to really make this effort to focus on brand? Um, So, you know, Authenticity isn't just a buzzword. Um, I know that we hear that, um, you know, everywhere in the marketplace now. It's very the very essence of a successful. Um, it's the very essence of successful branding in today's digital era. Um, you know, we get um, genuine connections from authenticity. Uh, you know, and people will resonate with you know the emotion that we can definitely help create. Um, it's very important, um, you know, at least from my perspective, that we understand the vision of our organization. So I won't go into what the vision of our organization is, but I'll say this much. It starts with the team, um, making sure that we um, identify what um, and how authentic we are going to be as a company internally. Um, if we don't have that buy-in internally, it's never going to happen for us externally. Um, so I think um, just, you know, um, going back to the, the question at hand, you know, how important it is, it, it's very, very important, um, you know, to, to create that. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I agree completely. And I love that you hit on the internal factors because so often I think, that a lot of people think about brand as just what we're putting externally. Mm-hmm. But I believe that, you know, a brand shows up most authentically 
when it is something that is lived and breathed within the organization. And, you know, I think a great example, which sort of positive or negative, it's an example, is if I think about the early 2000s in the dot-com boom. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there was this vibe that all of these startup tech companies wanted to have. And that was where we started to see like, ping pong tables in the break room and like, you know, a beer cart that comes through right after lunch and, you know, all these sorts of things that at that time were super over the top. Um, and so it was, but that was who they wanted to be as a company. They wanted to be hip and cool and, you know, really modern and in the now and, you know, that was like a place that it attracted talent, you know, in terms of people who wanted to work for those really hip companies. Um, it attracted customers because they, you know, built this perception of who they were. And so that is like a great example, though they were not always great companies, uh, a great example of like how you live and breathe the brand. Um and it's like, how do you how do you see companies bringing that same sort of, you know, deep rooted authenticity uh, now, you know, without being all the tech bros? And I won't get into my my soapbox of the early 2000s, but just really would like to hear how you see this showing up well in organizations. Yeah, so I think right now, you know, as, as we look at from the pandemic side of it, the majority of the individuals, you know, are now working from home. And as you saw, my daughter just let the dogs into the to the room. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, so so the the landscape has changed. People want something that's different. They don't want, you know, the ping pong tables in the front. They want people who actually care about them. And there are three three pieces and purposes that I stand by. So my values are very clear. I, you know, it's purpose. Um, we have to have a purpose in the organization that we're, that we're, um, that we're in and outside of the organization. So what is our purpose? Um, the next is people. I mean, actually people is probably up there. It is first for me. So how you treat people is extremely important. It's important in um, what you do for your clients, but then also how you treat the individuals that are actually doing the work for you. You want to listen to them. You want to respect them. You want to build that team. And they want that, you know, they want to know one, I'm respected. I'm working from home. Now I don't take breaks. Sometimes I don't even go on walks. I just sit on the computer. I feel like I need to be available 24 seven, but making sure that um, when you're authentic and the caring about them, like, you know, if you need to run and go get a tube of Neosporin from CBS, like go get a tube of Neosporin. <laughs> um, you know, like you don't have to tell me you're going to do that. Just go, go out and do that. We really, truly care about you. And the next part of it is integrity. So believing that you have, um, and not only on a brand side, but for me, integrity is extremely important. Do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it, but then also doing the right thing. Um, even if you know, that it may not play well in the market. Um, so I would say um, just thinking about going back to the dot-com days, it's changed drastically, you know, the, the needs and the wants and making sure that you change and evolve as the market changes. 
and as the new generation comes in. So how do we create those future leaders? Um, you know, the impact, what the heart of marketing is going to be. Yeah. And I think one thing that is difficult is if you think about the overall brand, generally the head of marketing owns brand. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's all the things that we put in the marketplace around building the brand, our tone, our visuals, all of those things. But the kinds of things that you are talking about in terms of the people, how we hire, who we hire, how they're treated, you know, what is the true purpose of the organization? Those are all things that we don't own in marketing that are generally more traditional, you know, traditionally living with HR or the chief people officer or someplace that sits way outside of marketing. And I think this is where a disconnect really comes in because, you know, to your point, how the people feel about the organization they're working in and how they are treated directly reflects how they're going to treat your customers, how things are going to be put into the marketplace. Like, I think, you know, we are beyond companies who can be two-faced, where you've got this one perception in the marketplace, but then, you know, your employees think it's like the worst place to work. Like that, that, um, that reconciliation is kind of happening in that, you know, we see that more. So how do we as heads of marketing help to drive and influence that authenticity and purpose, you know, and like the heart of marketing, how do we get that to spread throughout the organization, especially if you're in a large company? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we're, we're in a, mid-size, about a mid-size company, but I've worked for very large brands, um, you know, international brands as well. And you can see the face of, of the organization change and it does take time, right? But it's continuously focusing on what's happening internally. Yeah. I mean, you hear, you'll hear several large brands say this, if you take care of your people, you know, there's no telling what they're going to do and how they're going to impact your clients to so take care of your people. They're going to take care of your clients. Um, from my perspective, um, I walked into a very, really um, amazing opportunity to work um, with a great team. Now, um, full transparency, you know, they were not very happy. Um, it was a huge change. Um, not saying that they weren't happy with me. They weren't happy with the situation that was happening pre previously. So, you know, and I think having open communication and really listening changed the shape of what we could do in our, just in our marketing department. But now that's trickling out in other departments, right? They can see that we're happy. We're making things happen. Um, and I won't talk about process um, too much, but I'll say, you know, I asked them what, you know, what is your biggest challenge and what is the biggest thing that we can help, you know, this, this organization or this department move forward. And the biggest part was we were taking a ton of internal requests and there was no prioritization. So helping prioritize was the first thing that we tackled. Um, and, and the trust component, that's where trust was built is that they knew that that when I came in, we were going to work together as a team to communicate, um, you know, um, and, and define what the purpose was going to be beyond the profits. Like, how are we going to make internal change? 
so we can see external profit or internal profits, you know, or how does that trickle out externally? So um, I'll, I'll, I'll pause there to see if you've got any questions on, on that. Um, no, and I, I definitely agree. And that's, you know, that's how I've always led as well. Um, but I think where I have struggled is it's like I can do that in marketing. Mm -hmm. Then if let's say in the customer service department, the head of customer service doesn't subscribe to that same leadership approach, mm -hmm. you have a disconnect. And yeah. so then you have, you know, disgruntled customer service reps who are then talking to your customers. And so it's a different brand experience. And it, it is really, I think one of the biggest challenges I've seen with this is that disconnect across the organization where everyone is not, you know, living that same mindset and, in, and investing in their people the same way. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's it's almost like I see marketing as a little bit of a grassroots effort through yeah. <laughs> to try and really, you know, drive that beyond. Um, I, I sought out, um, I've worked for organizations where people haven't been the focus and I've worked for organizations like the, the one that I'm in now that people are the focus. And I think it starts at the top. I mean, it really does start at the top of your leadership chain that, you know, people have to be. A priority um and it has you know has to trickle down um you know if community and we communicate cross communicate with lots of departments too um you know and we'll we'll try to solve for that too so we have um several things that we do to take care of that clean initiatives and 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 um um you know outright it's the communication piece but it definitely starts at the top um, and I want to shift gears a little bit um, to go back to something you said in terms of broader purpose. And I know when we had a previous conversation, you had brought this up and you talked about being committed to strategizing and developing campaigns that really align to your company's broader purpose and resonate with the community. And I want to talk about that a bit um, because I, I agree that that is really important. Um, and how, like, how do you go about that in an authentic way? And, and I ask because there has been, you know, especially there's been a lot of, you know, social activism and, and awareness in the recent past. And you see a lot of performative efforts by companies mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. it's like, you know, it's kind of like we were talking about, they want to ride the wave of the news and mm -hmm. what's, what's popular and what's happening. So they try to do something but it's not really who they are. And so how do you really articulate and plan and put stuff out there that really does align to the purpose of the company in a way that actually resonates with the community and doesn't come across as performative? I, I absolutely love that you asked this question. So one of the things that, that I did was a huge project um, worked cross-functional across all departments was making sure that we understand what who the customer is. I think that's the biggest thing. What do they care about? Um, what are some key messages that resonate? You know, we understand, you know, that all of this, you know, there's a ton of noise that's happening outside of um, outside of our brand, right? And so how do we take what they care about personally 
and make sure that it resonates with them. So we develop, you know, personas. We want to really understand our customers. We talk to several customers. We interview them. We talk about key messages. And you'll never see at the top of the list the first thing that they care about when they're coming into work is what's happening in the news. They really care about what's happening with them. And, you know, I work in the healthcare, um, I work in healthcare. So, you know, they care about their, their patients and their residents. Um, and, you know, they really want to ma- help make an impact. And so we try to provide, um, you know, a solution that will help them make an impact. But within our marketing messages, we want to make it fun because, you know, fun, positive, um, just something that, you know, they will resonate with based off of what the key message is, is going to be. And we want to stay authentic to our brand, too. We're here to help. We're not here to create, you know, additional, um, you know, bias in the news. And, and also, like, just thinking, you know, thinking about what's popular today is not going to be popular tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so how do we create sustaining marketing campaigns, um, you know, and really think about what the strategy is going to be. So we talk, you know, where we're going to be in the marketplace. If we're going to go to trade shows, we talk about what content is going to be out there, thought leadership content, something that's going to help with solution. Um, but we build really a framework around the customer. It's, 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 um, it's not, you know, reactive. We're not doing reactive marketing. We're very focused on being proactive with the problems that they're trying to um, solve today. Okay. So you're really focusing the company's purpose or not focusing, but aligning the company's purpose to what it is that the audience cares about most um, and almost and I don't say ignoring in a negative way, but, you know, almost ignoring whatever is, you know, kind of current events, so to speak, and just really focusing on here's what we care about. Yeah. And and, you know, we, if we need to address what's happening in current events, obviously we're going to do that. Um, but for the most part, we want to focus on what the customer and the client cares about today. Um, and I think that's always a, a tough position for a lot of companies is like, where do you almost draw that line? Because we have seen some companies like some major brands who have taken a stance on, you know, whether it be religious or political or, you know, whatever the, the hot topics are. And it has driven, in some cases, it has driven some positive revenue impacts. And in other cases, it has, you know, uh, driven some, some negative ones. Mm-hmm. And so I've seen people make the argument of should brands have an opinion, so to speak, like, mm-hmm. you know, people have opinions, but should brands have an opinion? And I, I really like your approach of like, not even answering that question, like kind of setting that question aside and saying, that's not my problem. We're going to focus on what our audience cares about Mm -hmm. um, and really market to that. And that that's how you stay authentic. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other thing I wanted to talk about is you talked about integrity and purpose and values. Um, What are things that you do from a marketing perspective to help the organization's values really come through? 
because we see it on everyone's about page where, you know, it lists the organizational values. Like that's kind of the default place that it goes that nobody ever reads. But how do you, you know, as the head of marketing, how do you help to bring those values through so that if those values align to the audience, like it's really clear um, for the audience? That's a great question. Um, I'll say this. Um, values, you know, I, I would think really like the purpose and what we're attempting to do and, you know, um, in, in the marketplace and, you know, with what our clients' problems are. I would say the brand purpose goes beyond more than profitability. And I think that's literally um, like, that's, that's really the key like um, factor here is that we want to drive revenue. Yes. But we also want to make sure we're staying authentic. authentic. So um, being authentic, like does reflect those, um, the value and the mission, um, you know, uh, to stay, you know, to create, we're, continuously creating and, and providing innovation. Um, but we want to resonate with the current clients. Um, so how do I stay? This is, that's a tough, uh, that's a really tough one. I think just continuously like talking and, and speaking to our clients and, and listening to what they have to, to say and what the problem they're trying to solve. Um, I think ultimately our value is to provide something to our clients that is going to help them in the marketplace and do things that are going to be easier. So they're consistently like, and you know, we know that healthcare has changed um, since 2020, people are doing a lot more with less. Um, and so how do we help them, you know, innovate even faster. And so that's, that's, you know, the core, the core value of our brand is to take care of our clients. So I think, you know, just saying authentic, um, focusing, you know, on our clients and not the profitability, it does all work out. Um, you know, ultimately I have, you know, um, and a return on investment that I have to be responsible for, but just making sure that we stay true to the purpose and, and to our client's purpose. Yeah. And I, you know, as you were talking, I was sort of like almost in my head trying to answer my own question, so to yep. speak, in thinking about what we do. Um, and I know like more tactically, um, you know, messaging is one place where mm -hmm. I know that I, you know, toil over probably more than I should, you know, any sort of major messaging that we're putting out there. So copy on our website or, you know, mm -hmm. anything that has long, you know, has legs to it um, to really make sure that what we value comes across. Um, and e then even thinking about channels as well, I think is another mm -hmm. place, um, you know, with there's, I'll say the controversy with Twitter or X or whatever mm -hmm. it is now, you know, there's been a lot of brands who have pulled their advertising dollars from there. And, you know, that makes a statement in terms of what an organization values, you know, when Meta mm -hmm. was, uh, you know, testifying in front of Congress, you know, there was a lot of concern around, you know, if we are advertising on Facebook and Instagram, you know, how is this portraying our brand? Um, there's been some organizations like we look at, you know, if we're going to participate in events, we look at what states these events are in mm -hmm. and, you know, try not to spend our dollars in states where 
uh, the policy of those governors doesn't align to our morals and values. And, you know, I think when you are really trying to demonstrate that, it is a risk um, because, you know, there's always the, the potential for, you know, customers who disagree to be like, ah, oh, I don't want to work with them. Or, you know, we've had moral dilemmas where we've had organizations that were prospects where we're like, mm, we really don't believe in what they stand for. And we've had to make the conscious decision to say, we're going to turn down that business because all money ain't good money. And, you know, our integrity, our values, our, you know, human-centered, human rights-centered approach doesn't align to you know, what these organizations stand for. And I do think that that's a, a really hard thing to do for the head of marketing, because in, to your point, in some cases, you are putting that authenticity and integrity ahead of revenue and profits. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, because we do have to show and prove when it comes to the ROI, mm -hmm. Like that can be a really, really fine line to walk. Mm -hmm. um, and I think for me, it always comes down to like, can I sleep at night with my decisions? Like I feel good about turning away revenue that, you know, makes me cringe to think about what the organization stands for or what they do. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I, it's like, if I would want to hide the fact that we work with a brand, like that means it's probably not, you know, someone that's a good fit and being comfortable enough to really be clear about that in marketing material, in your sales mm -hmm. process. Like, I think that that is the really hard part, but the required part in staying true to that purpose and, and actually being authentic in who you are. Yeah, I totally, that? I, um, I do, I do completely agree. I mean, there's, there's been times that, you know, um, you know, I think everybody has, you know, those, those clients, they, will not work with for one reason or another. And I'll say, you know, internally as, as a brand, we want to make sure that we're protecting, you know, our values and, you know, the values of our clients and also the values of the individuals that are in the organization. So making sure that we stand true to our beliefs and our values. I mean, that's always, you know, you know, it's always something that you have to balance. It definitely is a balancing act, um, you know, um, beyond profits for sure. Um, I love it. Well, talking about our challenges is just the first step and nothing changes if nothing changes. And so in traditional therapy, the therapist would give the client some homework. But here at Revenue Rehab, we like to flip that on its head and ask you to give us some homework. So if anyone is listening and recognizes that their organization is struggling with the heart of marketing and, and staying true to that brand authenticity, what's the first step? What advice would you give them in terms of where they should start? Um, so I would say um, use authenticity as an ROI driver um, for sure, because we didn't hit on ROI, but um, I'll say that. So genuine brand authenticity and purpose can um, directly influence the customer behaviors and that leads to brand loyalty and in turn increased revenue. So I would say focus on being authentic to your brand, 
um, use that as an as an ROI driver. Don't try to just you know it's shoot fish in a barrel. Really focus on your clients um, and what their needs are to help you drive that value there. Awesome. Well, I think that is a great starting point, and you know any place that we can tie what we're doing to revenue and show a return is always a win. Um, so yeah, I like that as a good action item. Um, well, Robin, I have enjoyed our discussion, but that's our time for today. We're by but, so fast. Thank you. I know. So yeah. <laughs> but before we go, how can our audience connect with you? Absolutely. You feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, and I believe it's at Robin1205. Um, Perfect. Well, we will make sure to link to your LinkedIn in the show notes. So wherever you are listening or watching this podcast, check the show notes and you can connect with Robin. Um, well, thanks so, so much for joining us today. Um, and thank you, everyone. I hope you have enjoyed my conversation with Robin. I can't believe we're at the end. We'll okay. see you next time. Thank you, Brandy. You've been listening to Revenue Rehab with your host, Brandy Starr. Your session is now over, but the learning has just begun. Join our mailing list and catch up on all our shows at RevenueRehab.live. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at Revenue Rehab. This concludes this week's session. We'll see you next week.